0: Good evening. evening. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors that we may have joining us this evening, either here or on our live stream. Uh, We've come to a great celebration in the church here—the Ascension of our Lord—and that is really the best way to liken it is that it is His coronation as He comes home back into heaven as the triumphant King, the One who was crucified and is now risen and living and reigning unto all eternity. And so normally I would share with you uh, in the bulletin the summary of the readings for the day, but that's not printed there because we had just enough room for the readings, but I do have that summary of our readings for this evening and so I'll share that with you at this time. On the 40th day after his resurrection, our Lord ascended to the right hand of the Father. But although Jesus is hidden from your eyes, he is not absent from you, for he now fills all things in heaven and on earth. He continues to do and to teach preaching, repentance and forgiveness of sins through those he, sent in, he has sent in his name, giving you his true body and true blood in the supper. Jesus is your great Elijah, who pours out on you a double portion of his spirit in the word and sacraments. He is Lord over all things for the sake of the church. He whom heaven cannot contain has raised your human nature to share fully in the glory of God. You who believe and are baptized into Christ's body are already sitting in the heavenly places, for you are in him who is at the Father's right hand. When he comes again in the clouds on the last day, you also will appear with him in glory. Our service this evening is the prayer service of Vespers, which begins on page 229. Our first hymn is a processional hymn, so in just a moment I'll be asking you to rise uh, for that hymn. The Old Testament reading for the ascension of our Lord is from 2 Kings, chapter 2. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. O Lord, have mercy on us. The second reading is from Acts chapter 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs. "'appearing to them during forty days "'and speaking about the kingdom of God. "'And while staying with them, "'he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, "'but to wait for the promise of the Father, "'which he said, You heard from me. "'For John baptized with water, "'but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit "'not many days from now.' "'So when they had come together, "'they asked him, Lord, will you at this time "'restore the kingdom to Israel? "'He said to them, It is not for you "'to know times or seasons that the Father "'has fixed by his own authority, Will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. O oh Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple blessing God. O Lord, have mercy on us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The image of the great hero riding off into the sunset is a feature of many films from days past. It's a romantic ideal. A mysterious man has come from a far off place to do what no other could do. He came to defeat the villain, rescue the fair maiden, and save the town. Then after a great struggle, which results in either the death or capture of the great villain, the town gathers to farewell the mysterious hero as he kisses the fair maiden goodbye and rides his horse west into the setting sun. While this story in some form or another has existed for millennia, it is not limited to old spaghetti westerns or legends of knights fighting dragons. In fact, the story of the man who comes as the savior of all is true history. And the truth is far better than any fictional representation that Hollywood could ever conjure. In fact, a portion of the true historical account has been read to you this evening in Holy Scripture. In the opening verses of the book of Acts, St. Luke records the following. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. St. Luke presents us with the facts of history. In the first book, The Gospel, which bears his name, St. Luke dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. What Luke is implying is that this other book he is writing, The Acts of the Apostles, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is the continuation of what Jesus is doing and is teaching. In other words, Jesus did not just ride off in the sunset when he ascended into heaven. No. The ascension of Jesus is actually the culmination of all he accomplished in his life, death, and resurrection. It is his coronation and homecoming into heaven. And in another deviation from the old hero from the Western movies... Jesus does not just leave his beloved teary-eyed, staring into the sunset as he just rides away forever. Not at all. Jesus is with us, his church and bride, in a more profound way than we can scarcely imagine. Now, in order to understand all this, we need to dig into what the scriptures teach us concerning Christ's ascension and what it means for the world and the church, which includes all of you. So, let's get going. Looking to St. Luke's Gospel, Jesus said to the eleven, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things." And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Though they didn't know all the details, Jesus was preparing his apostles for his ascension and for the coming of the Holy Spirit. After his resurrection, Jesus told the apostles he was going to the Father. This is similar to when he had told them of his crucifixion and resurrection at least three times before it happened. Nevertheless, He had to open their minds to understand this truth. Jesus was soon going to depart from them. He was not going to be visible to their eyes as he had been during the time of his earthly life and ministry or for the 40 days after his resurrection. Then it happened. He He led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Now, after all that they had been through together, just think about that for a moment, you would expect the apostles to be upset at Jesus' ascension. However, we are told that they worshipped him, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. They were able to rejoice and bless God because they knew that Jesus was still with them, even though he was not able to be seen with their eyes. And dear saints, the same is true for us. Christ is with us exactly where and how he promised to be. In fact, he is more with us than if he were visible to our eyes. He speaks to you in his word. He comforts your stricken conscience in his absolution, spoken to you by the pastor whom he has sent to you. He feeds you himself at his holy supper, and he gives you the forgiveness, peace, and strength that only he can give. Though it is beyond our full understanding... Jesus is with us in more profound ways now that he has ascended to the right hand of the Father. Now, we also do well to remember that the right hand of the Father, that's not a physical location. Jesus is not somehow confined to quarters in some fancy throne next to the Father. Not at all. Jesus being at the right hand of the Father means that Christ, as true man, is not only present everywhere, but also now fully exercises his divine power over the whole universe. He is king of all, and he's not limited by time nor space. That is a lot to mentally digest, so let's break that down. It means that Jesus Christ, true God and true man, is present everywhere, even though we can't see him. It means that there is a man ruling all things at all times, with flesh and blood and bones. And it is the same man who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried, and raised from the dead on the third day. That true man, who is also true God, Jesus, is reigning over all things right now and unto eternity. So then, what is Jesus doing with all that power and authority? Well, he told his apostles in the Gospel of Matthew, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is why the full name of the book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. In fact, it could have been called the Acts of Jesus, which he worked through his apostles by the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't have the same ring to it. Folks, Jesus is not God. He is more here than ever. Because he has ascended to the Father, Jesus rules all things. You might turn on the news and think otherwise, but the truth is that he is in charge. He does not limit himself as he did during his earthly life and state of humiliation. He has one salvation for us, and he freely gives it out in his church by his chosen means of word and sacrament. This is just what he told his apostles to do. Go, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all I've commanded you. So also, as we heard from the gospel lesson, repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And following the day of Pentecost, we are told, and they, that is the Christians, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, that's communion, and the prayers. As our spiritual forebears did, so we continue to do today. Beloved in the Lord, The ascension of our Lord Jesus does not need to be a completely incomprehensible divine mystery for us. It is actually a great comfort for each and every one of us in the midst of our daily struggle against sin, death, and the devil. That baptizing and discipling that Jesus spoke of, it's for you. In fact, you have been baptized. You are being discipled, even now. Christ's forgiveness in his word, absolution, and supper, these gifts are yours You are baptized because God was the one who accomplished that. You are taught the word of God because the Holy Spirit has worked and continues to work through Christ's church, calling and sending pastors to preach and teach God's word. And by the way, this is the same spirit that was poured out on the apostles at Pentecost and promised by Jesus, sent forth by the Father. When your sins are revealed to you and your conscience is stricken, that's the Holy Spirit at work through God's word of law. When you are absolved of your sins through Christ's word and supper, the Holy Spirit is giving you the forgiveness that Jesus won for you on the cross by the shedding of his blood. And all of this is the work of God for you, his church. And so Jesus continues to be with you, his church, his bride, always, even to the very end of the age. It's easy to get wrapped up in the insanity and ever-growing darkness of this present age. I know I do. I'm guilty of that. But this is, again, where the ascension of Christ is a comfort. How so? Because we have the promises of God, which never fail us. Just listen to what St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, and this is a selection of verses from that chapter. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us, Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our risen and ascended Lord is with us. word, water, bread, and wine. He calls us to repentance and faith. He absolves us. Christ Jesus also prays for us. Dear saints, he prays for you ceaselessly. He exercises his divine power and authority for your good, working all things in this crazy world for your good, the good of his church. And nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ Jesus has ascended to the Father. And one day we shall join him also. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him, and he uses it for your eternal good right now and unto the ages. You see, unlike the heroes from all those stories, Jesus hasn't wandered off into the sunset, leaving us to fend for ourselves, leaving us as orphans. He has given us his word and his spirit. He will return on the last day to judge the quick and the dead and to take you and all his saints to the place he has prepared for you in paradise, a place of never-ending joy and peace. Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which passes understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our risen and ascended Lord. Almighty God, as your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, ascended into the heavens, so may we also ascend in heart and mind and continually dwell there with him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Amen. For eyes of faith fixed on Jesus, who is seated at the Lord's right hand, ruling in the midst of his enemies, that we may have no fear of them, but abide in Christ's peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the church, over which Christ is head, that God would give pastors wisdom to hold fast to the message of repentance and the forgiveness of sins, and that he would open the ears of all who hear to rejoice in the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our homes, that the God who established Jesus at his right hand would give him as companion and consolation for those who live alone, strengthen the love of husbands and wives, and bless parents and children as they gather around his word. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the rulers, authorities, powers, and dominions of this world, that mindful of Christ who reigns far above them, they might govern with wisdom and integrity. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who serve in the medical arts, those who search for medicines and cures for our afflictions, those who care for the sick and their illness, and those who offer comfort while waiting with the dying. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Good evening, and God's peace be with you as we continue in the celebration of Christ's ascension and coronation. And we look forward to that great day of his return. God's peace be with you. I'll greet you at the door.